Well, good morning. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning, and I'm glad for the uh, songs that Andy had selected here this morning, too. As you go to the message, you'll uh, realize why I say that, too. Um, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. See, in Luke chapter 19, we are introduced to a person named Zacchaeus. Most of us have heard the story, uh, uh, or we sung the song at Sunday school. Okay? But Zacchaeus shows up here in the story of, uh, in, in the writings of Luke. And I do not know whether Luke had any interaction with Zacchaeus, but or whether he saw anything that happened there on that day. But it's very likely that Luke talked to the other disciples and heard about Zacchaeus' story. He probably may have even talked to Zacchaeus. So as we read this story, I want you to ask yourself three questions. What is the standard others use to judge you? What is the standard others use to judge you? The next question is, what is the standard you use to judge yourself? What's the standard you use to judge yourself? And the third is, what is the standard God uses to judge you? What's the standard God uses to judge you? So let's read this portion of scripture, verses 1 through 10 of of Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho. And made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. And he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus. But he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree. Beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who who are lost. Let's pray for God's blessing on His Word. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to look at your Word and look at what you have done here on earth when you were here. Thank you, Father, for bringing us here together. And we pray, Father, that you would open our hearts and minds to listen to your Word. Father, give me the grace and the ability to say the things that you want me to say. Be with us, Father, this day. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. 
So here are some salient facts about Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. Today when we think about taxes, we think about the IRS. We mail in our taxes if we owe the IRS anything. We do the same thing with our property taxes. But the sales tax is usually collected by something, somebody, the, uh, the vendors we buy things from, and they send it into the government. But in ancient Rome, the primary tax was called the portia. This was a tax imposed on goods entering the town, a city, or a seaport. The size of the tax was based on the item itself. Luxurious goods were taxed at a higher rate. Basic necessities at a lower rate. This tax was collected by local agents who were authorized by the Roman government to collect such taxes. So apart from the money they were supposed to send back to Rome, these local agents had a lot of latitude. A lot of latitude to collect a little more than what they were supposed to. So if the tax collector said that a tax was a certain amount, you had to pay it because he was saying it under the authority of Rome. You as a taxpayer had no recourse. So what was Zacchaeus' likely path to this career? As we read the story, we see that Zacchaeus was small in stature. He had been made fun of, very likely, by people in his neighborhood. They called him all kinds of names. But he felt hurt. He felt hurt. He remembered the loneliness and isolation he felt. And a plume of resentment grew within him. Zacchaeus had probably also seen his father going to the temple. He went to the temple to offer sacrifices and pray. He had accompanied his dad there on many occasions. His dad had engaged in animated conversations probably with people there. At the same time, he had seen some well-dressed men standing to the side. As a child, he did not know what these people did. But soon he realized that these were a group of people they called the Pharisees. They would not even let their children play with Zacchaeus. They made rules and made other people conform to these rules. So in his, likely in his 20s, Zacchaeus decided, you know, this is not for me. He cared not for any of the rules and regulations that governed the life of his community. This religious thing was not for him. So he looked around. He looked around and he found that those who had money and power, those who had money and power, they controlled everything. See, power was in the domain of the Romans. They used it and, and enforced it well. It seemed that some of the Jewish priests had some power, but they were in fact simply doing what the Romans wanted. Zacchaeus did not belong to any priestly clan. 
So how was Zacchaeus going to navigate in this complex system? He was Jewish and had no power or money. But there were two things that were working for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus knew he was good with money. Yes, making money. He also knew the flow of goods in and out of the city. And the things that were in demand at certain times of the year. So he offered his services to the local tax collector. This tax collector, of course, was responsible for collecting taxes of the goods coming in or or leaving the city. Zacchaeus was now in the, the orbit of power, the outer orbits of this power. Zacchaeus soon learned that he could increase his income by demanding slightly more than the going rate. After all, he justified his actions by saying to himself that he was providing a valuable service. It's an important part of commercial activity, you see. Zacchaeus had a natural ability to know precisely the nature of commerce and the ebb and flow of the commercial goods. He knew the value of goods. This made him a favorite with the Roman government. Pretty soon, he was elevated to being the chief tax collector. Zacchaeus was now the chief tax collector in Jericho and the surrounding region. So he had probably had many agents working for him. Zacchaeus now had some power. Everybody knew who he was. But Zacchaeus was a Jew. And he was authorized to extract the tax from his own people. So you could see why they despised him. They thought about him as a traitor who was there to enforce the Roman rule. By any account, one could safely surmise that Zacchaeus made extra money collecting taxes above the amount that was owed. But it does not account for his extraordinary wealth, as we see later in the chapter. I would venture to say that Zacchaeus collected taxes both in coin and in goods. Zacchaeus could then sell these goods when the demand was high and make a great profit. He was despised by his own people. He had no friends except other tax collectors. He was looked down on by the Romans because the Romans did not like the Jews. He was rich and powerful. Rich and powerful. But lonely and empty. He was lonely and empty. So even as he sat in his palatial home and took an account of himself, Zacchaeus had outwitted and outsmarted a lot of people. His thoughts went back to his Jewish upbringing. Did he measure up? Did he measure up to those ten commandments that his parents had taught him? You must have no other God but me. 
That was the first one. Well, he thought to himself, maybe money had become his God. He thought about it almost all day long. Do not make yourself any idols or any image. Ah, I did not have any image or idol in my home, he said. He felt good. Remember to keep the Sabbath. Yes, he kept the Sabbath. Not because he wanted to, because there was very little business to be done on that day. He just wanted to relax on that Sabbath. He was by no means an observant Jew. The next was honor your father and mother. Yes, he had done so. He may have even provided for them in their old age. You must not murder. Ah, this cross thought had not even crossed his mind. You must not commit adultery. According to the law, he had not committed any adultery. You must not steal. Well, I don't steal. I just take advantages of the opportunities provided for me. How else am I going to prosper? Well, every tax collector is doing it. It's a very small additional amount. I don't see that as stealing. So as his mind drifted away, he could not remember the other commandments. He knew he had achieved his dream of being wealthy. His investments had quadrupled over the last few years. He had smartly invested and bought up goods and even land from those who could not pay the taxes in cash. He was able to buy it at a discount and sell it when the price went up. When there was a when there was a drive in town for money, Zacchaeus was very generous. There was a drive to collect money for widows or orphans. He was always generous with it. He also made sure that at the end of each day, the servants would take the leftover food from his kitchen and distribute it to the poor outside his gates. See, after all these achievements and good deeds, Zacchaeus still felt empty. There were no more ladders to climb. The next step up for him would have been the chief tax collector of the province. Well, that was a Roman appointment. It was outside his realm of possibilities. A deep sense of unhappiness overcame him. He thought to himself, maybe I should be a bit more religious like the others around me. But he was turned off by the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Zacchaeus was seeking answers. Where was he going to find peace? Where was he going to find peace? This morning, Ryan read from Psalm 57. Let me read a few verses from there. I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who haunt me. My God will send forth his unfailing love 
and faithfulness. Maybe he remembered this part of the psalm. I do not know that. A deep sense of unhappiness overcame him. As the emptiness gnawed at him, he remembered hearing stories in the marketplace of a simple wayfaring teacher with a genuine message of hope. He had heard that people would follow this teacher in the Judean wilderness, listening to his messages. The teacher would heal people of their illnesses. People were, he, interestingly, people said that he would ask for no money. He wore no fancy clothes, but he spoke with authority. See, some who heard this teacher's message came back totally changed. Something had happened in their life that totally changed their behavior. They had even stopped shouting at Zacchaeus. Some of them confided in him that this person was the promised Messiah. He did miracles, healing the blind and the lame. Nothing like this had ever happened in Israel. So as he, see, as he sat at his seat at the city gate, Zacchaeus could see a cloud of dust in the horizon. He realized soon that there was a crowd of people walking towards Jericho. Merchants with wares? No. Just some common folk that seemed to surround one man. Then he saw the man stop by the side of the road to talk to somebody who was sitting there. Soon, there were some kids running towards the city. They were shouting. The blind man can see! The blind man can see! They seemed to be very excited. As more and more people filtered into the city, Zacchaeus learned that the blind man sitting outside the city gates was not blind anymore and he could see. Yes, the blind man could see and now he was running towards the city to tell everyone that he was healed by a man. Zacchaeus thought to himself, no ordinary man can do this. No ordinary man can heal. No teacher can just do this. He is no ordinary teacher. As the crowd gathered to see what had happened, the commotion crested. Zacchaeus could not see much of what was happening, but he wanted to know and see for himself. Who healed this blind man? Meanwhile in Jericho, hearing about this miracle, people came running out of their homes. Women who were drawing water at the well left their buckets and came. The stalls emptied as people flocked to the dusty road to see the man who was healing and teaching. He was a gentleman. There was nothing striking about him, but he was different. Something about him stood out. He wore no fancy clothes like the priests. It was the sincerity of the message combined with the gentleness of his delivery. Yet, he spoke with authority. 
Zacchaeus' curiosity got the better of him. He too left his seat and joined the crowd. Being short was a challenge. Throughout his life he lived with it, but that never stopped him. Zacchaeus had to find a solution. It stood in all its splendor, about 150 feet down the road, a sycamore fig tree with its lush branches where he could hide. The road led just past the tree. If Zacchaeus climbed the tree, he could have a perfect view of the crowd walking towards him. And so he climbed up the tree. And as he perched on the the branches, he thought to himself, what a dumb thing to do. I hope nobody notices me up here. The crowd had grown. The man at the center was answering the questions people were asking. He did not brush them off. He was patient yet deliberate in his actions. The crowd was now approaching the tree. Zacchaeus' heart was pounding. Hopefully nobody will look up. Nobody did except Zacchaeus. Quick! Come down. I must be at a be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus froze. How did he know my name? How did he know that I was here? As everyone gazed at him, Zacchaeus felt embarrassed and exposed. Why did this teacher pick on me? What does he, why does he want to come to my home? As he climbed down from the sycamore tree, a sense of relief overcame him. He did not want to hide anymore. Jesus introduced himself to Zacchaeus. As he joined the crowd and he, as he walked up the street to his house. The teacher stopped at the pathway leading to Zacchaeus' home. How did he know? Zacchaeus welcomed the stranger, Jesus, into his home with great excitement and joy. But was he a stranger? He knew where Zacchaeus lived. He knew what he did for a living. He knew that he was very unhappy. He knew that he was seeking something beyond material riches. Jesus knew what Zacchaeus was thinking. As he spoke and listened to the teacher, the facade that he had created fell apart. Zacchaeus felt that he could trust Jesus with his deepest fears and insecurities. There was no guile in this teacher as he pointed the way to the kingdom of God. Jesus pointed Zacchaeus to the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 12, verse 31 reads, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and he will give you everything you need. Jesus had just taught this to his disciples. 
Let's read on a few more verses. So don't be afraid, little flock, for I give your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasures for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there your desire of your heart will also be. In his mind, Zacchaeus ran through many scenarios. Nobody ever wanted to come to his home. The other religious leaders who walked by would spit as soon as they came to his home. They despised him. They looked down on him. Jesus was different. He sought me out when I had no friends. I sure had made a lot of money, he said, but I had no peace. For the first time in his life, he felt this peace. I was trying to deal with my insecurities on my own terms. Jesus was saying, all my insecurities, all my cares, bring to the Savior's feet, leave it there. There's not a burden he cannot bear. There's never a friend like Jesus. Zacchaeus was seeking. Seeking for something he could not find in the thoroughfares of life. He had found it in Jesus. Something more valuable than anything he possessed. As he continued speaking, a sense of guilt overcame Zacchaeus. He remembered the additional taxes he had collected. He now had to come clean. He had wronged a lot of people. A sense of remorse overcame him. This teacher had not asked for it, but Zacchaeus said, Sir, forgive me. I have taken additional taxes from many people. I will restore what I took illegally. You see, I have made a lot more with my investments. I'm sorry. I will repay them four times more than I have taken. Additionally, I will also give half my wealth to the poor. Hearing that, Jesus says, as the Bible reads, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Salvation has come to this home today. See, as we conclude, here are some takeaways. Wealth and power did not bring happiness to Zacchaeus. Wealth and power did not bring happiness to Zacchaeus. There is nothing you can hide from Jesus. Zacchaeus was a seeker. But Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' home. Zacchaeus 
had to take the step to invite him into his heart. Can you imagine what that change of Zacchaeus meant to that town and the people around? When they saw him the next next day, a changed heart has a big impact on others around you. A changed heart has a big impact on others around you. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 reads, Look, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and share a meal together as friends. That's the invitation Jesus has for everyone. Every one of us. Going back to that psalm which Ryan had read. Let me read a few verses from there. Zacchaeus could now say, reading that psalm, My heart is confident in you, O Lord. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Regardless of what others thought about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a changed man. Zacchaeus was a changed man. And he led us through a song. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Oh, what a wonderful day it was for Zacchaeus. What a wonderful day. After he had wandered in darkness away, Jesus, the Savior he met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy I am telling. He made my darkness depart. Now I have a hope that will surely endure. After the passing of time, I have a future in heaven for sure. There in those mansions sublime. You can sing that song if you trust in Jesus. Heaven came down and glory filled our soul, my soul. Zacchaeus soul. As we conclude, it's very interesting that the gifts that were given to the two graduates was a book that I was going to quote from. Tim Keller's book, The Songs of Jesus. Tim passed away this weekend, oh, this last week. Uh, there were uh, obituaries there in CNN, NPR, and a very good one, a very balanced one in the New York Times. Take, take a look at it if you can pull it up on Google. But in his book, uh, he, uh, uh, the May 19th reading, I'm just going to read from that. God hears and forgives us, though we do not deserve it. And those who choose to realize that it was originally He who chose them, and drew them near. Only in the New Testament do we now know radically what grace was. God brings us near to live in his courts, not simply as guests, but as his children and heirs. God's highest praise is from those who know that they have been brought home to live with him through Jesus, God's true son who died to make us his brothers. Our salvation is absolutely free to us, but infinitely costly to Him. That is 
amazing grace. This day, if you put your trust in Jesus, you can find that amazing grace. This day, if you put your trust in money and power, like Zacchaeus did, you will only find unhappiness. This day, step out of that corner of your life. Give it to Jesus. He will then fill you with everything else. He takes care of all of that. I'm glad. If you are here as a Christian and you have trusted Him, you're glad too that His amazing grace is there for us. If you are here today and you have not put your trust in Him, please consider what Jesus says. Come unto me. Come unto me. Every one of us can come to him. And there there at the cross we will find amazing grace. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we could look at the story of Zacchaeus for the reminder that even a person like Zacchaeus could come to you and you will forgive him. There he found salvation. There he found a reason for living. Thank you, Father, for that. We pray, Father, that you would enliven and enlighten us with your word as we read it. Show us the uh, in, in these very corners of the scriptures how we sometimes lack and lack in our uh, our faith and lack in our abilities by by ourselves. We cannot do anything. We know that only by your grace we can. And we pray, Father, for your hand upon us. Be with us as we witness this baptism here this morning. We pray, Father, that you would be with each one of us and be with Elias as he as he takes the, the step of faith and obeys you in the waters of baptism. And we thank you for the family gathered here together. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.